0: Hello and welcome to the Bitcoin Talent Co. podcast. I am your host, Eric Podwatchski, and every Thursday I'll be releasing a new episode where I interview different key leaders in the Bitcoin industry. So if you're looking to learn more about the industry or what it's like working for a Bitcoin company, please subscribe and follow along. My guest today is Justine Harper from Unchained Capital. She is known as Ms. Hoddle on Twitter and is passionate about education, freedom, and empowering individuals to truly own their own wealth through Bitcoin. In her current role as VP of Business Development at Unchain Capital, she is helping to create financial services for Bitcoiners built on a foundation of self-custody. Unchained Capital's mission is to build a Bitcoin native ecosystem that ensures everyone can secure and maximize the value of their Bitcoin holdings over multiple generations. So without further ado, Here's my interview with Justine Harper. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Bitcoin Talent Co podcast. I am joined by Justine Harper of Unchain Capital where she leads VP of Business Development. Thanks for joining me, Justine.
1: Hey Eric, thanks so much for having me. Excited to have this conversation.
0: Yeah, and I guess just to preface this conversation, I do wanna let the audience know that Justine is an advisor at Bitcoin Talent Co. So she, she has a little bit of insight of what we're up to. Um, And I'm very happy she's joining us today to give a little bit of insight what it's like working at a Bitcoin company. So I was
1: going to say, I love what you guys are doing. I I think I'm very, very excited about the project. And I think it it solves problems that I myself had, you know, kind of coming into the space. So excited to see it come to life.
0: Cool. Yeah, me too. So let's dive into it. Um, I'm curious, before Bitcoin, before you even got orange-pilled, any of that, what were you doing previously for work?
1: Yeah. So my background's a little bit uh, less common in the space, I think. So I actually, you know, my whole entire childhood knew I wanted to be a teacher, elementary school teacher. It was set in stone, right? And sort of um, graduated high school early. I went to a small school and sort of decided, hey, I'm wasting my time here. Um, Graduated early, um, went off to become that elementary school teacher that I wanted to be. And somewhere along the way, sort of I hate to say that I got blackpilled, but I I really sort of discovered like my libertarian roots that eventually brought me to Bitcoin. And it made me question whether I wanted to sort of be a part of these like state funded government ran schools, you know, and and it Mm -hmm. sort of like I fell out of love with this idea of the thing that I always wanted to do. Um, I'm still extremely passionate about education, which we'll get into a little bit more, but my direction or my pathway of how that was going to sort of be a part of my life changed. so I actually sort of hopped around, did really interesting things, sort of had that, that life experience while I was going through school and and um, ended up sort of just like taking a, a management role at a big company and, and sort of sales and management, um, getting some life sc- skills there and then um, kind of did some really interesting things in my life. I, at what point I sold cars um, for a short okay. amount of time um, and the common theme there was that I found myself being frustrated working at these jobs that were things I didn't believe in. And I was like mm-hmm. sitting at a desk working on stuff that I didn't think really mattered. So, you know, I decided I was just gonna go sell cars for a little bit while well, I decided what I wanted to do, which quite quite an experience there. Um, and then prior to actually moving to Bitcoin, I had been uh, head of operations for my family's small business, um, trying to kind of help them get through COVID um, and, and just being a small business before COVID, um, really kind of streamlined their processes and build that out. And then, kind of, came to this place where I was going to be moving on in a career after a few years there, and thought, "I'm obsessed with this Bitcoin thing. Like, maybe, maybe I should dig into that." So that's like a really quick recap of my, my mm-hmm. prior experience. Um, but a lot of uh, operations, you know, team management, some sales, some just general um, managing of business, if you will.
0: Yeah, gotcha. Uh, I'm curious. Before we dive into the Bitcoin stuff here. So after school, you're studying more like education. How do you go from education to more like sales, marketing, that type of role?
1: You know, there was no more schooling after that. I think after I decided uh, education wasn't the thing, I took a break from school and just never ended up going back and felt like, Hmm. okay, maybe I don't need that, that diploma to do the things I want to do. The, the sales and marketing thing just kind of came. I was naturally good with people and, and sort of think just took a role and sort of developed from there. I'll say that, uh, I don't find myself to be a good salesperson. And I say that Mm -hmm. as like, I don't want to sell you something. I just want to help you achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. So from like a a very traditional sales uh, strategy standpoint, like I wasn't good at selling cars because I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to force you to sell a car, but if you come in and want a car, sure. You know, like I'm your girl. Um, So yeah, so it was kind of an interesting thing. So I'll say that the sales thing hasn't come as much natural to me, but it's definitely sort of part of that process when you're working with people, managing those teams and sort of the marketing front was just like, Hey, you know, this is part of it. I enjoy creating things, thinking about how people like to experience things and how people really sort of uh, digest information, if you will.
0: Right. Yeah. That makes total sense. Um, and I think nowadays people are starting to understand there's, there's a difference in sales nowadays. I I would say if you try to pitch someone, especially in the Bitcoin community, they're going to catch, they're going to catch that and, immediately not want to Yeah. like, you You get a vibe from people,
1: right? Exactly. right. Like, yeah, for sure.
0: So I I think that's part of your success too, is just being genuine and actually want to provide value to people.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's, those are sort of the best, um, individuals, anyone that I've ever worked at worked with as someone Mm -hmm. who's a salesperson, like, I don't want you to try to sell me something. I just want you to know what I need and then to kind of help me get there. Right. So, um, for sure. And I think it's important to share because I, I think, one thing that I've come across in this industry is a lot of people kind of go with that traditional route of four-year university, work at a big corporation, and then just kind of yep. move to Bitcoin. And that's great, but I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, "Oh, I don't have tech experience, or I, you know, I haven't worked for those big corporations, so I, I'm not, I'm not qualified." It's like, well, look at all those skills that you do have, you know, and like, how does that, how does that transfer over to to a Bitcoin company, which I think is something that you guys help with a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but for sure. So, yeah, I just wanted to share like I, yeah, I didn't come from the corporate world. I came from, you know, small business and sort of general uh, odds and ends jobs, if yeah. you will, without gotcha. into in too much detail. But yeah.
0: OK. Um, all right. So that's your I guess your pre Bitcoin life, if you will. Yep. Let's dive into your Bitcoin story and then we'll help bridge the gap after that.
1: Perfect. Yeah. Bitcoin story. Um, so I got into Bitcoin from a libertarian self-sovereignty side of things. Okay. Um, I was a gold holder. I was obsessed with removing the middleman from everything in my life, um, from food to you know money to um, I ended up buying building my own uh, essential beauty beauty product line because I was like making my own beauty products because I just said I didn't want a middleman for that either and wanted to control the ingredients. So removing the middleman and self-sovereignty was just a core part of my life. I was growing my own food, you know, had it like a small homestead. And I heard about Bitcoin and this was probably 2016 heard about Bitcoin and I thought, Oh, from a philosophical standpoint, that makes sense. You know, money that individual can't control. They can't print more of it. You can really, you know, truly own it. It's like, Oh, that makes so much sense. And I went to go look and I was like, what's this blockchain thing and what's, Mm -hmm. what's a wallet and what, what is the key? And, and after kind of looking into it, I realized that in my mind, I didn't have a way to verify what I was being told it was. Um, so therefore, I, I wasn't going to trust that Oh, okay, you're saying these things, but how do I know it because none of this makes sense to me? So I thought, oh, this is just not for me. It goes way over my head from a technical standpoint. Um, and then like in 2017, it was kind of rubbing up a, l- a little bit more. It was more popular. People were talking about it and it came across, um, you know, something I was reading or watching again. And I was like, oh, it's that Bitcoin thing, you know, I was talking about, they were talking about. And I actually um, first experienced Bitcoin through a shitcoin, if you will. Because okay. I heard about this Bitcoin thing and this individual who was talking, I was like, yeah, there's this other thing that you can create content on and you earn crypto. And I'm like, well, I'm making these blogs for my beauty products where I'm teaching people how to make them. Because for me, it was more about like teaching you this this empowering thing of how to remove the middleman rather than sell the product to you. I was like, I guess I could post some of those things on this this website. Um so did that kind of learn like what is this wallet thing? What okay, you what is this transaction, or right, a blockchain? Okay, I'm like starting to understand these concepts that I was hearing before. And the more I got into it, the more I realized that like this this crypto thing was not the Bitcoin thing I'd heard mm. of, right? Like I didn't really care about tokenizing the web or like securing content on a blockchain. That made no sense to me. Who wants their social media stored on a blockchain forever? You know, why do you need a blockchain? And so I started having those sort of thoughts. And then was like, well, let me go, let me go look at this Bitcoin thing again. And so, with knowing what I knew from that experience, it was like, oh, okay, I, I understand this a little bit more, and had the confidence to then purchase some Bitcoin, you know, and, and jump in a little bit to learn. So that's sort of my my short version story into Bitcoin. And I think it took me, man, I, I think I first bought in two thousand seventeen, sometime around there. I, I think it took me till like late two thousand eighteen. 2019 to like start to try to really understand the tech, and I remember the crash of 2020. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, "It's my time," you know. I can, I it's not too late. I can buy. Um, and so yeah, I remember on that day, what is it like March 12th or something? Everybody's panicking. I was so yeah. excited, um, and not like I could buy a bunch of coins or anything. But I think I anything I had in savings was thrown into thrown into Bitcoin in that day. Um, So super exciting. But yeah, so for me, it was all from self-sovereignty, removing the middleman. I think Bitcoin is free to money. And that's truly what it is for me.
0: Yeah. And personally, I think the same thing. And I think Bitcoin Talent Co., we are a Bitcoin-focused company. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, if we rewind real quick, was there anything that sparked, like, what made you realize there's a difference between crypto and Bitcoin?
1: Great question. Um, So for me, it was a a combination of many things. Um, For me, the money was all that mattered. All of Mm -hmm. the the, the stuff people were trying to do with blockchains didn't matter to me. Um, So that was a big one. And then when it comes to the money, the important part for me was that there was no centralized authority. There was nobody who could change it. There was nobody who could devalue the money that I was holding by printing more or doing something to it. Like, that was key, because those are the issues that I see with the dollar, right? Um, And I actually found myself in this crypto community where I was essentially sitting at a table with people who were making decisions. And I was like, not only should I not be sitting at this table, but this table shouldn't exist. Mm. (laughs) Like, this is this is wrong. Like, this is what is wrong with crypto. Um, And I I don't say that to bash any communities. I think, um, honestly, my my vision of crypto is like it's not something I'm interested in, but I think a lot of people are just like, The community aspect is fun for them. You know, they're enjoying the experience, whatever it may be. Some people are different. We can get Mm -hmm. into that at some point. Um, But for me, it really was sort of seeing the man behind the curtain and seeing how things worked. And the more that I learned about the technology and understood how it worked, I could see the flaws in other systems and say, well, that's not actually achieving the goal that I would like to achieve of a non-centralized asset that, you know, nobody controls and can't be Changed, um, so that was really it for me was seeing seeing how it worked uh, behind the curtain.
0: Yeah, and like you mentioned, it probably took a little bit to get there, but now you're finally yeah. there.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I I feel for people. You know, I, yeah. I've had a conversation. My my father's called me at 10 o'clock at night to add, tell me he wants to buy the new Bitcoin token, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, uh-huh. you know it's a doggy thing, and I was like, that's not that's not Bitcoin.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, just don't. Um, so yeah, it's confusing out there. There's a there's a big learning curve. And so I really feel for people who are getting in space because it does take time for sure.
0: Totally. Yeah. And I think it's important that we touch upon that because other people yeah. are going to listen to this and hopefully we can shorten that gap from going through crypto to only Bitcoin or at sure. least focusing mainly on Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, okay. So you said 2016, 2017, really started getting into it, learning about it. And mm-hmm. in 2018, 2019, you're going down the rabbit hole. Um, So I'm assuming right around this time you're at your fiat job. What makes you want to go into working the Bitcoin space?
1: Yeah, so I, um, you know, we went through COVID as a small business, um, which is hard, Um, but we got through that. Great. And I sort of found myself in a situation where I had done all I needed to do at this company. Um, I had come back to help my family who just needed assistance. It wasn't really like a long term career path for me. Um, so I'd been there for a few years. Kind of felt like it was at a position where I could walk away. You know, we we had hired a great team, things were running really smoothly. Um, I think any business that survived COVID it was doing quite well. Um, and so, just had gotten to that point, really became obsessed with Bitcoin. It was kind of part of my everyday life. It was what I was passionate about. It was what I was spending every, you know, minute outside of work on. And sort of mm-hmm. realized I was going to be making a career change. It was time for me to step away from from my family's business. I'm like, okay, well, I'm obsessed with this Bitcoin thing. Maybe it's time I work on something I'm really passionate about. How exciting would that be? Um, and truthfully, I, I felt completely intimidated that I wasn't qualified. And it was like, well, I'll put some feelers out there. And if it doesn't happen, you know, like at least I tried. Um, but yeah, it was truly just, there's something extremely powerful about working on something you really believe in. And as I said before, that was always a challenge for me, is like, I don't like spending my time and energy, which is so precious, right? On mm-hmm. things I don't really believe in. So to then be able to work every day on this freedom money, like how how lucky would I be? Um, so that was really kind of the reason for me, was I had found this place in time where it was time to make a change and just kind of like right place, right time of like, why don't I explore this avenue?
0: Mm-hmm you touched upon maybe like somewhat of a unqualified imposter syndrome type of feeling, um, as you started thinking about applying to jobs in the industry, um, how'd you get over that? Cause I experienced the same thing and eventually just, I was just like, all right, screw it. I just needed to go yeah. and do it.
1: I think the same, I think everybody does. I still struggle with that. You know, I think we all have imposter syndrome. I'll be asked to do a podcast. I'm like, I'm not, why me? What do I have to say? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it's definitely something anybody struggles with. Um, I, I've talked to a couple of people in the space that had that same fear of kind of branching into the Bitcoin space because they felt like they weren't qualified. So I've been tr- I try to be open about my experience as well for that reason. It really was just like, well, what hurt? Like, it can't do anything wrong. Like, there's no I don't lose anything by just putting it out there. Um mm-hmm. The issue that I had was that I wasn't sure what I qualified for. Like, I knew I had all these skills and I had all this experience, but like, what does that look like as a role in the Bitcoin space? I didn't know. Um, So I kind of reached out to a few friends in the space just to be like, who worked at companies of like, hey, like, here's my experience. You know, here's what I like to do. What what does that look like to you? Mm -hmm. Um, And they gave some suggestions and then it was literally just making a tweet. I, I literally made a tweet thread that was like, hey, I'm interested in moving into this industry. Here's kind of some, some things I've done in the past. Here's what I'm looking for. And I have like very strict list of things that I wanted to do. If I was going to work in Bitcoin, I wanted to work for a company that was Bitcoin only, that mm-hmm. had the same values and mission that I do. Um, and that was really focused on sort of making Bitcoin um, <sighs> accessible uh, to more individuals and really kind of like pushing it to individuals, because I feel like it is a tool for, for freedom and it's important. Um, and so, yeah, like I just decided to make a tweet one day and figured out what the hell, what, what harm, what harm could it cause?
0: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I think that's actually very smart. And I, I see people doing that more often nowadays Mm -hmm. too. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about getting the industry, just put yourself out there, throw up the flag. You never know. Yeah, Yeah. I
1: mean, it was, it was quite an experience. Um, yeah, I literally, uh, I, I mean, not to sort of jump the gun here, but I, I essentially got my job at Unchained after a long process and talking to multiple companies. But, you know, somebody saw my tweet and shared it with someone. And then mm-hmm. Joe Kelly, our CEO, like DM'd me and was like, hey, you know, like, I'm not sure what we have, but let's talk. Um, and that started a conversation with him and many other team members and eventually led to, you know, be joining this awesome team. Which, funny enough, Unchained Capital was my first choice. And in my mind, it was like, there's no way. There's no <laughs> way. Um, but they were just such a a power team, you know, it was just like, those are the superheroes of Bitcoin, like, yeah, yeah, there's no way I'll, I'll get, I'll get that. But that was definitely my top company. So
0: that's, I'm glad to hear that. Um, so I guess from there, um, so as you're thinking about joining the space, you know, you put that tweet out, are you applying to any other jobs at this point or is it just,
1: I was just kind of of looking looking in the space. Yeah. Uh I mean, my my uh, traditional job it wasn't over yet. It was kind of like I'll be wrapping that up in a couple months, so might as well start getting getting myself out there. Um so I wasn't applying to any other traditional jobs at that point. Um I truly was and I think at that point even, you know, other than going to companies' websites, like we didn't have these Bitcoiner job postings. Yeah. Um it was like go to the website if they happen to have a careers listed, maybe email them. Otherwise, you know, DM someone. Um, right. so I had gotten a couple of DMs, um, did, you know, a couple rounds of interviews at different companies and then just sort of, it, it was a, it was a decently long process. I think at least a few weeks to a month of really just trying to figure out like what the fit is on both sides, right? Like, am I a good yeah. fit for them? Is that company a good fit for me? Um, and then ultimately, yeah. Um, Unchained was, was the choice.
0: Okay. Can we dive a little more into that interview process yeah. and, and you don't have to give up too many details, but I'm curious, everyone knows what it's like applying to a fiat company. The interview process can be very short. It can also be very long, strung out over months, mm-hmm. uh, six, seven rounds at least. What was it like at Unchained? And um, I'm also curious, what's the difference between you know, going through an interview at a fiat company compared to a Bitcoin company?
1: Yeah, I think there's something. I mean, Bitcoin's so special, anyways. Um, I think there's something, it's not even more casual, but there's something more real about interviewing at a Bitcoin company. I think in tr- the traditional world, you, you know, you kind of go through this interview process and you're asked the same questions and you're really putting mm-hmm. on a show and they're kind of putting on a show and you're not really allowed to ask questions, really. Um, and so it's kind of like you're both sort of faking it a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, Good point. maybe I'm being a little too blunt, but that's how it felt. Yeah. Um, in the Bitcoin world, it was just much more honest. It was like, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's our mission. Like, what's your mission? You know, mm-hmm. like, what, are, what do you want to do? Um, and it, I hadn't really experienced that before. And um, so the interview process for me at Unchained was uh, I got a, a call with Joe first um, and just kind of chatted about my, my experience, you know, and what they were doing and sort of just kind of ensuring those values lined up a little bit. Yep. Um, and then he had me talk to another few te- team members. At that time, they were very small. Um, I think I was employee number like 22 or something, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Um, so I spoke to maybe four or five people on the team, just trying to figure out like where the good fit was, um, what they were working on. They were expanding their teams. At that point, it was like they had the office downtown and maybe five people worked out of it. Um, so they were really building out the products that exist today. Um, and trying to figure out how to exactly incorporate someone into those things without having a clear, like, maybe hiring plan, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I spoke to Joe a couple times, spoke to Eric Kaysen, who was um, on their operations team at that time. I didn't know he was
0: on it. Yeah. Huh. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Eric's great, yeah. So he was actually one of my first contacts um, at Unchain. He had messaged me and been like, I put a good word in for you. I was like, oh,
0: awesome.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I love it, Eric. And so I spoke to him. Spoke to Parker Lewis um, and had just a couple of those conversations, which were very candid. You know, it definitely mm. wasn't them reading from a script. And as someone who's now, you know, helped with Unchained Hiring, there really isn't a script. It's like, let's mm. get to know each other. Let's figure out, like, if this fits. Um, so, yeah, after a little bit of back and forth, of trying to figure out what may be a good fit, um, I went down to Austin on my own free will, wanted to kind of meet everybody, go to devs. Um, and hang out and then eventually sort of sat down and, and signed a contract with them and, and accepted an offer.
0: Wow. Nice. Uh, and I, I love how you touched upon, you know, the initial interview was more about your values and how you're kind of mission driven. And I think that's what separates, you know, uh, Bitcoin employees from anyone else. It's because yeah. there's that part of it. And that makes an organization so great too.
1: Totally. Yeah. yeah I mean, it all brings us together, right? I mean, that's why of are Oh, we're here. definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that just makes so f- for so much better, like, collaborative work, too, because, mm-hmm. you know, at least there's a common ground there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. So during your interview process, what was the best interview question that really made you think?
1: Yeah. So um, funny enough, I think my favorite interview, and I, I don't mean this, you know, I'm not picking favorites, but uh, my favorite interview process was probably with Parker, mostly because okay. I think I was most intimidated by him because he was mm. just this, like, guy on Twitter, right? Yeah. And if you've met Parker, he's, he's got, you know, there's, there's something about him. He's, he's extremely intelligent. He's personable. And I was a little intimidated by him. Um, and so I think I was nervous for that interview It ended up being such a great conversation. Like, I think we talked about horses, my family owns horses and feel okay. you know, like it was, it was just a very much like candid conversation. But one of the questions he asked me on that call, which I'll never forget and I hadn't caught before, was like, how Like, where do you see Bitcoin in X amount of years and how do you think people will be using it? And I was like, oh, what an interesting question. I'm not sure I've been asked that before. And my answer was like, I think, you know, some crazy high number of people, like some percentage um, will be using it. And he was like, really, it's really high. Why? And I was like, because I think that Bitcoin will be the backbone to our whole financial system. Like, I don't think people will know they're using Bitcoin in the future. I think that Mm -hmm. everyone will be using Bitcoin, whether they know it or not. And he was like... I like that. You know, it was like, you know, just sort of that conversation of, I, I, I thought that question was so great because it really tells you a lot about the individual totally. and what they think about Bitcoin. And sort of, you know, hey, building a company, and now that I've I've helped with sort of hiring and sort of building out those teams, like culture's so important, especially a Bitcoin company. And so, like to ask those questions, it really puts in perspective of like how does this individual see Bitcoin and right. and what is it to them. Um, and so I thought that was a really powerful question from Parker.
0: Yeah, totally. It's a it's a filter question. So you yeah. can I can typically sniff out if someone understands Bitcoin or not with just a couple of questions in yeah. literally five minutes. Yeah. So as a I've been a recruiter recently, and that's one of my first questions: What's your Bitcoin story? Like I want to understand if you understand Bitcoin.
1: That's and, great. Yeah, and that's important in the space, right?
0: Right. Because so that's what builds company cultures. And I think yeah. staffing your companies with Bitcoiners is very good for your business.
1: Yeah. And I, it's funny because I always thought that was just Bitcoin centric. And um, funny enough, my friend Michael uh, owns Compass Coffee, which is a local uh, D.C. coffee shop. Uh-huh. And uh, he said to me the other day or a couple of days ago where he was saying, you know, like, no, we won't hire people who don't like coffee. And I was like, really? He's like, why would I want somebody working in a coffee company that isn't passionate about coffee? And I was like, it makes
0: total sense. It makes
1: total sense. I didn't yeah. realize that other than Bitcoiners like that, you you know, that eh, makes sense. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you're at this point, we're at Unchained Capital, you got the job. And I know you mentioned before we started recording here, you know, you kind of bounced around, wore many different hats within this, this organization. So I guess, can you touch upon What what did you originally do? What do you do nowadays as VP of of BizDev? And yeah, just dive into that, please.
1: Yeah. So um, this was my first startup, and I do remember. I think Eric probably somewhere along the way, in the chaos of like you know training or figuring this out or what, he said something about like you know oh startup life you know you know and I was like no I don't like this is my first and he's like oh okay just like go with the flow, (laughs) like startup life is going with the flow and I was like okay all right sure. Um, So I was actually hired on to sort of be a um, dual role that hadn't existed yet. So we have our concierge onboarding, which is our like one-on-one white glove experience. People come, um, jump on a phone call, a a video call, and we'll actually walk them through how to set up a, a hardware device, you know, teach them about keys. It's really sometimes their first experience with Bitcoin private keys, doing their first Bitcoin transaction. We really hold their hand through that whole process. So I was actually balancing and doing a dual role of that and then also doing operations for that team, um, which hadn't really existed before. So in Hmm. previous, we had the operations team, and then we had the concierge team, and they didn't really have like a lot of overlap. Um, So I sort of was brought on to build out the operational structure for concierge as it were to scale, um, and then did the one-on-one calls as well. Um, And Phil Geiger had kind of like initiated the concierge program and we started building out this team and like, what did these go? Like, how do these go? What kind of script do we do? Um, You know, what are the key things we want to achieve by this? Um, And so, yeah, I I sort of got to see internal systems um, pick out issues, you know, like when I saw a hole um, that maybe because concierge team wasn't aware of operations and operations wasn't aware of concierge, I kind of got to sort of filter those things out and fix those things. Um, And from there, I I got really passionate about, we we started a continuing education webinar series that I I had up um, and sort of went from focusing less on operations to just onboarding and continuing education. Um, And so I built out the webinar series, both the continuing education and the retirement inheritance, um, and sort of focused more on that, eventually was taken off the onboarding calls um, and focused more on the education aspect. Hosting those, creating the content, sort of structuring it, hiring, marketing it, just the whole thing of like creating this new thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there sort of got more involved in the strategic arm of things um, and was brought into business development to at that time help Parker just sort of be, for lack of a better word, like his right-hand man. Let's ensure that all of our strategic projects uh, are moving forward as they're needed. Um, So yeah, like my role has always sort of been fill the hole Grow the yeah. thing, build yeah. the thing. when it's done, move on to the next thing, if you will. Um so that's been that's been my journey so far. and And now my role is very much depends on the day. <laughs> um i have I have a lot to do with our strategic plans around you know everything from product to marketing, you know our concierge team or client solutions. You know we're mm-hmm. we're a pretty tight-knit uh, group or team, if you will. So I have a lot to do with those or I'm involved in that. Um, and it really just depends. Um, I don't do as much team management and hiring these days, which is, which is interesting, but it allows me to kind of like hop around and see where issues are and how we can resolve those and always sort of improving the processes, ensuring, you know, what we are delivering to clients is the experience we want to deliver. Um, and yeah, I see that I have a little bit of a floater role. It's not exactly the traditional business development role. Um, but yeah, I sort of do a little bit of internal strategy along with, you know, um, those conversations about external go-to-market strategy as well.
0: Right. Yeah. I think that's a good touch upon. Um, so the theme I see here is you're bouncing around, but you're really just trying to provide value wherever you can.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, uh, speaking of people right now, it's in a, a big, like I say, corporation, right. in, in Fiatland and they want to come into the Bitcoin space. Do you have a piece of advice for those type of people? How do you thrive in a startup environment? Because a lot of Bitcoin companies right now act as startups.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think one of the most important things that I've learned at Unchained, and, and I think it's because they've sort of provided this um, this environment to be able to do so, is never be afraid to speak up. And hmm. like everybody's learning, and everybody's trying to grow and build things. And along the way, you're going to notice things that maybe don't make sense or need to be improved. And like jump in, you know, have a voice, um, share what you think. Um, you know, suggest a, a plan of action to fix the thing and really own it. Um, I never experienced that before in, in other industries. It was more just kind of like, stay in your lane. Here's your box. You do the thing. Yeah. Um, and I think startup life is a little bit different. It's just like we're all working towards the same thing, and sometimes that means we're carrying each other's load, right? You know, sometimes yeah. that means we're we're moving from one position to the other, floating around, just trying to ensure we all get to the goal, um, the you know, the unified goal that we have. Um, so I think that's been a big thing for me and something that you know, as I talk to colleagues, I try to encourage them to do as well is like, Hmm. speak up, you know, like that's important. It's something that I think that we're sort of is more frowned upon in the traditional world. It's like, you don't want to ruffle feathers. Well, you know, speaking up doesn't have to ruffle feathers. You know, what is your goal of speaking up? Is it to fix a problem? Is it to make the team better? You know, like as long as those are your goals and you, you present it a certain way, then, you know, I think any leader or any team is going to be very happy to see that. So, so yeah, take your ownership and and really jump in.
0: Yeah, I echo that as well. I had the same exact feeling in my my previous fiat job. Um, you know, just kind of stay in your lane, like sit down, shut up, do your job. Yeah. And yeah. Bitcoin's so much more different, and it really makes you feel like uh, part of the team more. Like you're working towards something greater.
1: Yeah. 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 We all sort of have this like we're all committed to the same goal, you know, and we're all exactly. very passionate about it. There's so much yeah. passion um, in the space, and so I think that yeah, everything about it is different. Um, it's quite inspiring Inspiring when you think of it that way.
0: Totally, yeah. Um, all right, so I'm curious now, can you give me like a big picture? What what exactly does Unchained Capital do? What are yeah, the sure. services you provide?
1: Yeah, so really our ultimate goal is to empower people to hold the keys to their Bitcoin. That's, you know, that's our that's our foundation is, you know, we've built this company around self-custody and multi-sig because it eliminates single points of failure. Um, Mm -hmm. And the goal is to allow individuals who perhaps aren't confident enough or, you know, maybe corporations who can't hold all the same keys, you know, in in the same place um, to have this ability to have individuals there to hold your hand if needed and also provide the private banking experience that many individuals are used to. You know, we're used to being able to pick up the phone and call our financial advisor, call, you know, our bank to say, hey, I need to do this and this. What's going on with this issue? Um, Or, hey, I have literally no idea how to do a firmware update. Or, you know, the firmware update wiped my keys. What do I do now? So it's really just your your partner in your Bitcoin journey without giving up control of your Bitcoin, because without self-custody, what is Bitcoin, right, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day? So it's really empowering individuals to truly own their wealth and give them the services needed to be able to use that wealth as well. Um, So we're really trying to bridge that gap between the dollar and Bitcoin, right, and create those financial services that are that bridge and allow people to sort of Move flowingly through those two things um, through Bitcoin IRAs. Um, we have our you know Bitcoin multi sig, which can be done uh, on your own or with like opt-in services like our concierge onboarding that walks you through the process. Premium support. Um, we also have Bitcoin backed loans, and then we're building out those financial services. Uh, BD, um, TBD, TBD, uh, but or timing TBD, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like we really are truly a Bitcoin bank and we are, we are building out those services from the ground up, not relying on third parties to ensure that individuals can truly own their wealth.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I think the company overall is great for the space, really taking us t- towards that hyper Bitcoin world, allowing people that's, that are a little less educated, give them some confidence to help uh, take ownership of their money through self-custody. So yeah. it's great what you guys are doing. Uh, so you mentioned earlier that you were employee number 22.
1: I think so. Uh, don't something like that. that. Yeah, Early, <laughs> like early that. on. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm curious how many people now work at Unchained Capital and what is the company culture
1: like? So I think we're right around 85, 86 team okay. members now. Um, the culture is great. I think, you know, we're not, um, I don't want to say as close as we once were, but when you grow, like when your team grows, you sort of lose small aspects of it. It's like you know, they're no longer 10 people in a an office. So how do you Mm -hmm. ensure that culture stays true while you grow? Um, And yeah, the culture is really built around Bitcoin. You know, we've done a really good job about when we grow our team, it's individuals who truly believe in Bitcoin. Um, So we have these like key team players that and teams built around them that just like they're changing the world. Right. That's Mm -hmm. our goal is building these products for Bitcoin. And on top of Bitcoin, not some, you know, server that we created, um, to really ensure that individuals can truly own that wealth and use their Bitcoin. So the culture, I, I would say, is quite great. Um, you know, we'll have our all hands, and it always includes sort of, like, team wins, and, um, and I messed up, um, because I think that something that's really great about the Unchained culture is, like, owning, owning your mistakes and let's learn yeah. from them. Yeah. So, like, we, we kind of, like, call ourselves out. And, hey, this was a thing, you know, I dropped the ball. This is what we learned from it, and this is how we're moving forward as well as wins are sort of like appreciating the individuals and what was done and sort of calling that out because I do think recognition is important as well. Um, but that was something that really impressed me. And that's something that has been around since I started was like, Hey, you know, today I messed up and it's like, let's, let's just be open about things. Like nobody's perfect. We don't need to hide flaws. We don't need to pretend like we're a company that's working perfectly. We're mm-hmm. building hard things. Let's talk about this stuff. And I had never experienced that before of just like openly, let's share those things and learn from one another. Um, so yeah, it's really it's really a culture around Bitcoin. Uh, you know, in, in Austin, we have the the BitDevs meetup once a month. We have the Bitcoin Commons. Um, it's really kind of the Austin hub for all things Bitcoin. And mm-hmm. that really is sort of the culture of the company as well.
0: Right, yeah, I love that. And I love uh, the openness in, in Bitcoin companies. You know, that's how you really learn, I think, as an organization and as an individual, just owning up to your mistakes and you know putting yourself out there yeah Back to what we talked about before um can you tease out anything in the pipeline coming out of unchained and products or services to look forward to i
1: have to be careful here <laughs> yeah yeah so you one thing it I, okay. I yeah it's fine one thing i really love about about unchained is they they um and this was, you know, not to, to push too much into my, my interview cycle, but I had interviewed mm. a few companies that moved very quickly. And like, it felt like they were just moving fast and breaking things uh-huh. um, and just like trying to hurry up and get whatever revenue they could from the market. And Unchained was slow and steady. And it was like, no, we want to build things right. Um, so that's something that I've really appreciated from Unchained is like, yeah, you know, we, we're we not coming out with the newest product. We're coming out with products that are built on a foundation of Bitcoin and self-custody and that are not dependent on a third party. There's Mm. no third party that's going to shut down and take away, you know, your access to your Bitcoin, because what's the point if if that's what we're doing is just building on some third party. Um, So what I can say is that you'll see Unchained expanding into more financial services. Um, I think there's been other companies kind of teasing at this. And so I won't tease too much. But yeah, I mean, like, is there a good Bitcoin-backed credit card right now? Is there, a, is there a really easy way to kind of move Bitcoin from a checking account to purchase Bitcoin really easily, not yep. having to to worry about a bank hours mm-hmm. and what's going on there? Um, is there ability to hold your Bitcoin in maybe a more uh, unique way? Like maybe as a corporation, you can't hold all your keys. Or maybe if you have some sort of, you know, there's there's individual um, financial advisors who want access to information but not the keys themselves you know how do we empower those people how do we give them options um how do we maybe build a world where you as an individual maybe doesn't have to hold your keys but different key agents can that are still you know like getting that burden there's no centralized um uh, point of failure um Mm -hmm. you know what what are what do people want bitcoin um so it's really bridging that gap and giving options Uh, everything should be optional right so it's like building out those options so i can i feel pretty confident to say you know you'll see us moving a little bit more into the financial services um one thing that drew vancel one of our co-founders said is you know that stuff's already built you know the bitcoin stuff we have to build from scratch so that takes longer some of the financial stuff's already built how do we make it easier for bitcoiners to use so Financial services for Bitcoiners is really kind of our ultimate goal and what you'll see us kind of moving into in the future.
0: Great. Yeah. And sign me up for the waitlist for that credit card. I can, I can use <laughs> you'll the be first to know. credit card. Uh, yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, there's not a credit card right now. You know, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but you guys will uh, hear about it when and if there is. And hopefully I don't get in trouble for that.
0: Okay. That sounds good. Um, so. What is, one more, what is one or more piece of advice you would give someone looking to work in, let's just say, the Bitcoin self-custody space? So this is someone that goes and sets up their own multisig themselves. They're really knowledgeable, passionate about um, making people really hold their own money. So, what, yeah, what's a piece of advice for them to get into that type of work?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that if you're already somebody who's sort of experiencing that and have, you know, um, the day-to-day experience of doing it yourself, try teaching someone else. Yeah. So that's that's an important thing is um, I think, uh, you know, one of the most the things that I love about education and I, I did a presentation on this at BitBlock Boom a couple of years ago was like, you have to find someone on their level. And I think this is something that we sort of miss in Bitcoin a lot is we start telling someone and educating them based on the information we know, not based on mm-hmm. the information they know.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's
1: there's definitely a key to realizing where someone is and meeting them on their level of education and building that foundation and moving up from there. So I would say if somebody who's sort of like interested in helping individuals um, learn about self-custody and working in that realm, teach someone how to do it. What's their experience like? And even from like a product and engineering standpoint, what are the things that they they miss? What are the things that don't make sense to them? What is the user interface that doesn't make sense to them? And really get a feel for that because I think that's huge insight um, that you then can take to a company and sort of showcase your ability to do that. Cause I can share that like in our hiring um, process for, depending on the teams, a lot of it's like, Hey, teach me how to do this, show me how to do this. Because there is a talent there that individuals need. If you're going to teach someone else, you have to be able to sort of explain things in a certain way. From an engineering standpoint, play with all the devices, you know, like, if you want to have a product and engineering um, job, you really need to sort of understand these devices and how people use them, uh, mm-hmm. and really dig into it. Um, that would sort of be my general advice. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it's really makes just sense. like experience. Go out there and do yep. the thing, and and see how it feels, and then take that experience into you know whatever job you're interviewing for.
0: Yeah, and I think to take it one step further too. Anyone listening to this. If you're in, wanting to get into self custody space, like as a professional career, you got to start posting online, um, what you're doing day to day. So say, Hey, today, I just set up a Sparrow wallet with a cold card or any, any other, you know, device, put yourself out there. And that's really showing that proof of work, which then you can take to an interview and say, this is what I did. Here it is. And then when they're going through the process, making sure you actually know your stuff, you have this long track history to prove it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And it's one of those things where I, I have a love hate relationship with social media. Um, mm, me I, too. It's one of yeah, it's one of those things where it's a great tool. I was only on social media for Bitcoin, um, and so I sort of have these phases of how much I love it and how much I don't, depending on the day. But yeah, a big part of my early journey, and this was just because I was I was learning. You know, I was learning in the open, was like asking questions and sharing those things. I remember setting up like a Casa node um, you know, lightning node that like, Mm -hmm. I guess they didn't service them anymore. It was, it was a crazy experience. And I was doing it on like satellite internet. Um, and just sort of, yeah, sharing that experience and sharing, setting up devices. Um, yeah, I mean, as much as I, you know, don't want to say that social media is why I got my job. It was, it was a big part of it because, you know, Hey, I had been out there sort of sharing information and trying to explain things in the way that I wanted to see them done. And, you know, hey, maybe I could have gone into an interview and proved that else, you know, in a different way. Um, But it for sure helps, yeah. So if you're someone who's open to being public and you know, you don't mind sharing that, for sure. Yeah, an individual will go and look at your account and say, oh yeah, this individual is is working through these things, you know, they're asking good questions or, oh wow, they already have a ton of knowledge on the subject, it for sure can't hurt.
0: Totally. Okay, as we wrap up this interview here, uh, last question for you. So in a hypothetical world where Satoshi Nakamoto didn't come in and create the best form of money possible. So if Bitcoin did not exist, what type of work would you be pursuing and why?
1: Wow. Very good question. Um, so somewhere along the way, I had started a, um, like, like I mentioned, a, a you know, beauty product line where I was kind of creating my own lotions and and deodorants and things like that. And part of it, um, was the education. Um, Mm. I would create workshops where people would come in and I really realized that individuals just need that little bit of courage, um, to be able to then go forward and do more. Um, and this sounds silly, but like part of it was teaching them, Hey, if you want to take control of your health and you want to eat healthier, try making something at home that you normally buy at the store. Just one thing. Like it doesn't have to be a big deal. So I think I probably would have ended up somehow sharing, educating people on self-sovereignty and helping empower them to sort of take the next step. Because it's something that I was really passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, It's still something I kind of do as a hobby. So yeah, if Bitcoin didn't exist, I'd probably still be carrying around that heavy old gold and teaching people about self-sovereignty in some way, shape or form. Um, So yeah, I kind of think that I would have ended up there at some point.
0: Yeah. So still along the lines of maybe a Bitcoin adjacent uh, for sure role. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I think I learned a ton and I think others listening will benefit greatly from you know your background, your story, how you got into the Bitcoin space and all that. So thank you so much. Um, can you let all the listeners know how to get in touch with you, where to find you on social media?
1: Yeah, so on social media, on Twitter, I'm Miss M S H O D L. Not very active there currently, but I'm there. Um, my DMs are open if you have a question. You can also email me Justine at Unchained.com if you have, you know, a business question or, or need some help with something. I say put yourself out there. Um, if you have questions about, you know, obviously Bitcoin Talent Co can help you with anything from like a finding a job, recruiting standpoint, but also mm-hmm. if you just hey, you know, have a simple question, can help you there. And just put yourself out there is my big advice i've had a couple people who've done that um after speaking to me and they went on to get bitcoin jobs so i I really do truly think there's something something to it just put yourself out there
0: just gotta put yourself out there that's what it takes and for a lot of people it's kind of hard
1: yeah so if
0: you want to get into the bitcoin industry head over to uh, bitcointalent.co and we have an option where you can submit your resume we'll try to match you to any open roles we have or roles in the future or just reach out and say, Hey, I got some questions about my resume or whatever it may be, and we'll, we'll try to help you as best we can. So thank you so much, Justine, and I uh, hope you have a great day. Thanks, Eric. See ya. And this is also a reminder that Bitcoin Talent Co. is the first recruiting firm dedicated solely to the Bitcoin industry. Our mission is to equip Bitcoin companies with the top talent in the world. So if you're looking to get a job in the industry, or if you're a Bitcoin company looking for recruiting services, please head over to our website at www.bitcointalent.co.